If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey, listen! your door down with our handguns of entertainment oh, no. and shooting you right in the face. Not the face. We are yeah, right in the face. Aww. We are one upsmanship. That's right. You like that violent intro, Mike? <laughs> one of our hosts, Michael Swain? I'm dead. And our other <laughs> host right. still living, still drawing air. That Barely, but seems about to pull to a gun me, on you. But Adam Ganser. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's how I see this game. <laughs> and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of kicking indoors. Oh yeah. Because today we're we're covering uh, one of the classics of the massive Call of Duty franchise. Did you hear, by the way, the most recent installment, which came out this week when we're yeah. recording it, has sold eight hundred million dollars worth in three days. Wow. It's. The, it's insane, man. And the doors get <laughs> it even worse than that yeah. installment. I heard you kick so many doors. The so doors many. Are there's hurting, so bro. many. Yeah, doors are um, really the new multiplayer for thing. Freedom. Instead of zombies, now it's just competitive door kicking in. <laughs> breach, breach, <laughs> breach. We got a breach. No, we. It's just another door, Captain. Then breach, man. Breach. <laughs> you just breach that an endless be... series of doors. An amazing, like Stanley's parable level or something. Of right? Yeah, you throw a flashbang, move ahead. There's another door. You breach it, throw a door. flashbang, you move ahead. Yep. There's the doors under the bed on. with guns. These terrorists <laughs> are truly mad. <laughs> Just, yeah, doors looking at you askance, mm-hmm. and you're not sure if they're going to put guns on you. Uh, yeah, anyway, doors. modern Call of Doors modern is a game we just invented that should exist, but we're not going to talk about that today because today we're talking about Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the 2007 classic, not the reboot from 2019. No. Uh, a fact that you may not be surprised to hear, we 
got wrong the last time we tried to make this episode. Yes, uh, we convened to record an episode. Uh, Adam had right. played this, cause 2007. Right. Think uh, There Will Be Blood. Think No Country yeah. for Old Men. Think Call yeah. of Duty for Modern Warfare. Yeah. Um, and I played the reboot from many years later, 2019 That's or right. some shit. And yes. uh, had what we convened and he's like, what'd you think of this game? And I said some shit where he's like, but they're not in this game or <laughs> whatever character. <laughs> what, yeah. what are you saying? So now yeah, we've yeah, both played great. the right installment of Call of That's Duty right. Modern Warfare and we're we ready sure to discuss it. So shall we pass our first ever checkpoint and breach, uh, breach. tell them, yeah. shall we breach the first door and tell them like their 8-bit about Call of Duty 4? Mm-hmm. What do you think? You want to do it? You want me to do it? Uh, I feel like the way the order of the day has been going, I should do it, right? That's what my gut okay, says. Okay, great. I agree. Okay. I feel like you could probably do a more, well, you're more of a COD boy of Much the two more. of us. But yeah. also, Call of Duty is not the most complicated thing to break down, so I'm sure I'll be fine. Agreed. Okay, so Call of Duty historically um, began as a franchise that was literally trying to recreate notable battles from world war two with a very much like putting you there in the action. You're the kind of dad who stays up late watching black and white world war two footage on the history channel. Now you can live it right now. You can fucking be in there. And it's sort of the themes were like the title, the call of duty, the brotherhood of soldiers on the battlefield fighting the great fights for the blah, blah, blah. And uh, slowly, but surely it's become and this is not objective, so I'll avoid getting into like you can argue whether it's leaned towards away from that at certain times it's gone to space. So obviously that's not historical, but the franchise has been multiple things, but it's always been one thing, which is a market leader in the first person shooter genre, um, yep. which is a genre I would define as. It's kind of in the name, but in case you're unfamiliar with the most dominant video game genre, you don't see your character. You're in your character's head. The screen is your eyes, essentially. And uh, at the center of the screen is something representing the aim of your gun. And you you click or pull a trigger if you're using a controller and the gun fires and you wiggle your sticks around or whatever you're using to try and aim at what you want to kill. You kill stuff. Uh, and then you can complexify that, right? Like that's the most basic first person shooter engagement, beginning with things like Doom and Marathon and uh, uh, Wolfenstein. But mm -hmm. when it comes to like three dimensional, fully realized, grounded in reality, except the space one, um, war games that are simulating wars that actual humans might fight on Earth, fought by professional soldiers who you know, enlisted in high school or whatever, uh, like real world war simulation from first person call of duties, the one stop shop. I mean, there's battlefield as well. There are competitors, but it's the Coke, right? It's the Coke of that. So let's get to four modern warfare. Um, I have a lot to say in the rant, not much to say Great. in the tell me like I made bit. Cause I think you are probably already on board. It's a first person shooter, um, by the, virtue of the fact that it's called modern warfare you could probably guess it's not set in world war ii um i don't even remember if three was do you know when three yeah was i believe set? three i believe three was also this is the first time they went into I believe modern that. times yeah i thought yeah. so okay so the big yeah. notable thing about this installment in the series is that they were trying to present the idea of okay we've done what it's like to be a guy storming the beaches of normandy three times now we're doing 
today ripped from the headlines. This was the one that's like, this is what it's like to be SEAL Team 6 and go on operations to kill Osama bin Laden. It predates that, so it wasn't literally that, but you know what I mean. This is what it's like to be a soldier in 2007. They were trying to do modern warfare, but it's still an FPS uh, where you navigate a series of a series of soldiers. You play as a variety of soldiers um, and in the missions where you inhabit them, they fight their way through battle zones to achieve goals, ultimately leading to you stopping a Russian extremist from nuking the world. He launches a bunch of nukes and you're able to rush to the nuclear center and fight your way in and just in the nick of time send the abort codes and save the world from right. getting nuked. And that's that's the story that's Call of Duty Modern Nuking Warfare. it twice. <laughs> We're saving him from nuking it twice. Oh, because he did. He does yeah, nuke it one once. nuke yeah. does yeah. go off, but he's yeah, yeah, going to yeah. nuke the whole eastern seaboard and you're able to right. stop that. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Stop the important nuke, the one that hits By America. By pointing your camera around and shooting, guys. It's a first person shooter. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's what all you, you need do, to baby. know. Yeah. Shoot your way to salvation. Uh, thank you. I thought that was well described, sir. Uh, I really appreciated it. I'm going to move us through our next checkpoint, mm -hmm. which means Take yet another hill. breach. Move, move. <laughs> yet another breach, this time on a boat, a boat breach, a thing that you do several times in this mm -hmm. game. Uh, into the rants. I guess it's my turn to go first. That's Is that how right? That works. Yep. Okay, then I guess I'll do that. Player one, Adam Ganser, plugging in. Okay, so I think that there's an important question you have to ask about call of duty and that is why is this one worth talking about preserving on the celestial hard drive as opposed to any of the others um since this game is is not exactly but similar to like a madden football or uh any sports franchise that's sort of a yearly iteration why does this one deserve to be preserved if any of them do um my argument is this is the best call of duty has ever been uh, and it stands out from the rest in several ways. The first is that this is our first venture into contemporary warfare, which completely changed the franchise. Um, have we gone back to World War II since? Yes, but not often and uh, and never as successfully. Like this was a permanent move. Um, much of what has become a staple of Call of Duty, including its dominance, starts here. Uh, and there are things that are now basically just synonymous with those with this franchise that were invented for this game. Among them include the AC-130 mission. That's a mission you're going to get anytime you go in any modern landscape. There's going to be that mission. The all gillied up mission, right? So hiding in plain sight with ghillie suits. That's a thing that's called you staple started here. Um, the trope of your character dying, like you playing multiple characters and one of them dies, that started here. And it was a surprise the first time. Um, the nuclear explosion, which was a shocking thing that happens in this game, um, that has now become, I think, sort of rote because they've continued to do versions of it and other, cop other franchises have copied it. But in this game, it was unthinkable and it happened and it was great. And also it invented... I think the most memorable characters that call of duty has yet created in Cap captain price and his, uh, squad of compatriots, including ghosts and gauze and all these others, soap right? And gas. Yeah. Soap and gas. All those people are, were invented for this, uh, for this game. And they've been reprised in the reboots since. 
to varying degrees of success. Um, so all that stuff was new to this game, and I think that matters. The storytelling in this game is actually top-notch for Call of Duty. There's tons and tons of twists and ex- escalations. So even though it's not yet the bombastic version of storytelling that it will become in subsequent entries in the Modern Warfare franchise, this one has some great twists and surprises. Um, for instance, the murder of al-Assad was surprising. The fact that the nuclear bomb went off, the fact that there are more missiles launching. There's just a lot of great twists here. They're like, oh, shit. And the stakes go up every time, which is what a successful uh, action story should do. Um, It's not written for maximum adrenaline the way that Call of Duty often is now. It's really written more for following the trail of this uh, terrorist organization. So it's kind of more intimate. And I think that part of it is good. And there's more of a human element in it. Uh, for instance, people are constantly making mistakes. There's miscommunication. Orders don't always come through. Stuff that feels more true to life than uh, it has later become where it's all sort of you know cinematically decided. Certainly Modern Warfare 2, by the way, which uh, by that I'm talking about, I think the 2008 or 9 sequel got way into movie territory. Uh, and the franchise basically stayed there since then. This one... Didn't do that. And I think that makes it better. Uh, It's much more intense than any of the previous Call of Duties. And finally, this is, I think, the the beginning of the multiplayer dominance that Call of Duty now enjoys because they created the killstreak idea. And it started here. Killstreaks have become Call of Duty's like Call of Duty's multiplayer uh, thing, like their unique thing. And uh, other franchises have of course copied it but the idea of once you get several kills without dying you get an additional reward that you can deploy in the battlefield started here it's why a lot of people still play it um it's become of course a monolith and uh that's probably enough for us to start so that's my rant fabulous rant you said so much of what i want to say that i wish you had done the 8-bit thing and i did the rant first because now i'm out not true um, but it'll be a quick rant because I only have basically one thesis to love it. I agree with everything uh, Adam said. I my my rant gut my gamer gland is very much in alignment on this one, um, which is interesting because as I said when we met to discuss the reboot, we were very much not in alignment. Now of course Adam was talking about this game and I was talking about that game, so I don't know. Maybe Adam will agree with me more. But I was coming down fucking hard on the reboot. Mm-hmm. And if we cover it, I'll re-elucidate those things. But I'm glad we aborted and I had time to think it through more and play this game because it sort of pulled me out of the depths of darkness a little bit in terms of the franchise. But uh, I guess as my rant, I'll say that I, the way I played this was unique. I kept alternating between this and Modern Warfare 2, the current, the 2022 one that just dropped this week, the brand newest yep. Call of Duty. Yep. And alternating between them, I thought this was very good and the new one was very bad. And uh, I say that as a campaign player more than a multiplayer player, so that's got to be noted. But comparing the campaigns and the aspects of craftsmanship of the various components of the game, as we'll dig into as the podcast wears on, Um, It only made me appreciate Modern Warfare, COD4, more uh, as like, oh, you can fuck up Call of Duty and you can be lazy about Call of Duty. The graphics will always look good because it has all the money and all the people crunching that are necessary to make it look better and better and better. 
Um, so it always feels so slick that it can kind of obfuscate the design elements. And when you're actually comparing modern, modern Call of Duty with modern warfare, which is actually not modern at this point because it was 2007, 15 right. years ago. Um, I think the franchise has fallen so far. And I, I actually I, th- I guess my spiciest take is that I think Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, the one we're discussing, I hate how clear I have to be, but yeah, the one we're talking about today is a phenomenal game that did, for better or worse, um, cement the franchise in an entirely new direction, and I would say for worse. This is the beginning of Call of Duty being completely ruined to the point that I, and you can listen to my World War II episode on this. If we cover any of the reboots, I'll get into it more specifically. I know this is a bold thing to just throw out, but I actually, Adam knows why I've talked to like, I find them offensive. Um, and it's rare that I find a game offensive. Um, I think that they diminish the people who have suffered and fought for various causes and died in war. Like, I think they've gotten to a point where they're insulting to me um, and kind of grotesque. And I was so delighted to find that this one does not hit me that way. I thought it fucking ripped. And I still do have a capacity to enjoy war shit. Like, I'm not just a guy who goes like anything with war is bad because there's killing. I fucking love this. I thought this game was great. I didn't think even though you're murdering people of other nationalities, um, as as if you follow me, I thought it was even handed. Like, I didn't think it was necessarily propaganda that was against or for any particular group other than just people who launch nukes are bad and i agree with that so like right 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 i was okay with the plot blah 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 yeah Yeah, like um and we'll get into more of the actual innovations in game on but i just thought this set the trend there are so many innovations that they're still echoing it to this day and the real thing is that it pivoted it from call of duty one two and three which I agree, they ran out of gas. They ran out of legs. They're like, how can we keep the franchise going? And this was a smart way to do that. But I also think it trapped them. So Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 feel to some degree like reading a history book or geopolitical focus, like Adam said, looking at a map of war on the wall and imagining yourself, oh yeah, this is what World War II was like. Um, And there's some argument to be made that maybe that is cheapening the lives of because there's that like um, scholastic distance from it. And that I'd be open to talking about that. But it still felt like you were doing history or somehow trying to. The point was the call of duty that all these people felt and you responded to nameless, faceless soldiers. And that was part of it. Um, Call of Duty four. So, for example, Call of Duty one, two and three on the cover. And this continues to this day. Their cover is almost always a soldier whose face is not recognizable, a generic soldier coming at camera. And I feel like that's emblematic of what Call of Duty was once. It was that all soldiers are united because they're soldiers and that's unique human experience. And that's what the game is about. Um, Four started the new trend of, you know what would spice this up? Actual characters we care about like a movie and forget being at a geopolitical 10,000 feet. Let's zoom in and get to know a likable guy like Price or Soap. Let's have characters we invest in. Okay, that totally makes sense to me. I love characters. I'm a storyteller. But for this franchise, for me, that actually ruins it because it turns it from a story about actually the cost of war, the billions of people or, you know, thousands of people whose faces you'll never like who you want, but they died or they threw their lives into this 
machine for this cause to keep other people from being tortured or whatever the stake is. It was big enough that they threw their lives away for that. Whereas now we have Captain Price, who as a character that we've invested in and like has to have plot armor. He's not going to die in the middle of the story. So now it's a traditional action adventure movie with people who are basically superheroes elevated to the level of, well, they're main characters. If they get taken out, it's a big plot point. Um, that actually make cheapens it to me. It takes, it's like someone saying, let me tell you about the war. It was so sick. There were a bunch of superheroes there doing kick-ass shit. That's not what I want to hear about war. Um, that's just not my sentiment. What I like to hear about war is, uh, you know, poetry about how everyone dying in the trenches in world war one. I just think that death is a very serious issue and war is real. And like people like, I, I'm sure people think that I'm, I'm I know the majority of people listening to this probably think I'm going way too far with this. But in my opinion, to some degree, the story becomes less, less visceral and more just like, oh, it's like a Marvel thing. But the milieu is war. And Call of Duty used to actually feel like you were kind of experiencing war and make me meditate on those things. Now it's like navigating any Marvel movie. It just happens to be about guys with guns instead. Um, okay. And I think this was the beginning of that. And it's a terrible direction for the franchise to go in. But I'll end my rant by saying it works once like this time. It this worked is this the, time. <laughs> this is the game that's right on the line and right on the cusp okay. and kind of doing both at once successfully to me. But then after this, the franchise really doubled down on, oh, we don't have to take ourselves seriously anymore. We're just a fun action movie franchise. And I thought the old thing was more interesting than that. End of Okay. Rant. Honestly, that's a great talking point and one that I am excited to delve into with you, uh, which we'll do after we come back from this break. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. 
Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, if you're still here, that means you didn't, you weren't super annoyed by me trying to moralize about this stupid game where you just shoot people for fun. Uh, and I hope I didn't ruin your hobby or well, pastime. But now we're I in game you... on. Yeah, yeah. We're so sorry. We should pass a checkpoint, of course, and get right into game on so that's that we right. can have so, this debate that's worth having, I think. Which is, uh, yeah, the part of the podcast where Adam uh, lobs stuff at me go <laughs> no no no. honestly i i kind of want to say i think part of the success of some recent battlefield games is that they returned to that concept the concept that you want out of your war game the faceless nameless soldier yeah, like in the battlefield trench, one yeah. did you play that did you play battlefield one the world war one one yeah right that was yeah. a pretty and, good and outing just, that was exactly I, what you're describing i ultimately like war stuff I do like war stuff, but I like war stuff whose message is war is hell, or at least does honor to that idea, because I believe that's the truth. I don't think war would be a fun adventure. <laughs> well, so I have mixed feelings. I think it is. It, I think there does need to be at least one facet of the way we evaluate Call of Duty needs to be moral. Um, so I want to put I want to put that out there right now. I do think that there should be moral judgments uh, levied against Call of Duty at at large one of them is that by creating these modern warfare games they have created um some problematic views of specific areas of the world and this is not me talking this is like you know social studies that uh they sort of reinforce the idea that there are certain countries that are war torn which does not engender empathy no it actually makes us detached part of the post 9-11 American let's yeah. be really scared of the Middle That's East right. now forever. They're part of that I'll it's, say it like that propaganda vibe. Right. I think in this game they're and it, most of the games I think they're trying to some degree or another to avoid leaning too heavily into that. You can tell because they, they always include um, good ones of like in this there's the Russians are the big bad and then right. at the end you get saved by Russian allies so they're like we're not saying any particular we're not saying they're all bad. bad right yeah, there's yeah, a nicola exactly. here yeah. well and that and, and if there's ever an easy target for games of this type it's russians right like mm -hmm. uh and not to weigh into that too heavily but that's the safest group of people to assign as villains in these stories uh and has been for a bit so i'm not saying that because i want to like sit here and deconstruct call of duty on a moral level that i wouldn't apply to a lot of other games, but because call of duty is sort of positioned itself as number one, the most successful video game of the last 20 years, like that mm -hmm. franchise, like it's, if that is what most people are buying for, if they're playing one video game, right? Like I know that's a little bit of a generalization, but no, that's true. Statistically yeah. true. And so then it does deserve a little bit of the, okay, so what are, what is this game saying about the world? And it is, it is military propaganda. Even if the propaganda is, the after effect of telling a fun military story, which I think is probably what's happening here. Like Price like, still commits war crimes in this. He executes yeah, a guy who's been right. already safely detained that's against right. orders, just shoots him in the head and then says a quip. And I'm like, that's pretty <laughs> fucked up in real life, but okay. They, <laughs> in, in subsequent outings, and I know we're going to talk about these subsequent outings, so I don't want to go into too much detail. Right. They've tried to lean more heavily into everybody's the bad guy, including the Americans, um, to greater or less degree. 
success. That has a ring of truth to it. Everything's yes, gray. Yeah, that's right. This game is in an interesting place because it's still a little nationalist, although the main characters are not American necessarily. They're like a, a like the United States and her allies. But you could say ba- pro-Western culture generally. Yeah. 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 They, they, there's not a lot of questioning about whether they're right. You know, like that is not an aspect of this game that has snuck into the series for, I think, good reasons, you know, uh, because they need those things need to be questioned. Right. And I do think that if you're going to tell a war story, you are allowed the license to tell the story of war crimes and the story of like, that's okay. That happens in war. I see the point of it. But, you know, you have to. You have to treat it with the kind of emotional gravitas that that stuff deserves. And I think that this game is trying to please a lot of masters and it's maybe the only one that did it in a way that didn't immediately offend. When when you actually think about the challenge that Raven, who are the devs are from a franchise level accomplishing, they were tasked with take this incredibly successful franchise that we feel is out of gas because we've hit World War Two three times now. Where do we go more than that? But yeah. And their idea was, what about modern day? And they're like, okay, that's the gamble. Can you make that work? And they're like, not only are we going to make that work, but we're going to transition this from being a historical exercise series to a cinematic video game experience. Right. Um, Which was the right move financially. It just makes Michael Swaim less interested in your games, but I'm not even saying it's a bad, it's a triumph. Like they kept, they took a franchise that was already huge and ensured that it could go 25 more years and stay huge. Like they were right. It's all good decisions in terms of the game thriving. I think they showed that it is, that it was good in, in as much as aside from the fear of what we're saying about the world, right? That's really the core of your objection. I think like they executed story well here. Yeah. Like they executed, like managing this globe trotting oh, story. Movie, yes. It's really well <laughs> told. Well. It's, yeah. And it's much better than any other subsequent sequel. I think because it's, it's uh, the right size. It's and more tied together. Yeah. And at any given time, it's clearer in your mind why you're doing what yes. you're doing next. Yeah. Yes. The like missions this, feel they, very tied together. I can't say how much more energy was spent in the writing here versus any of the others. Maybe not. But maybe they just happened to get this one right. But like, this is the only Call of Duty story game where I was like, that was a very good story. Like, that was right. a very good story. And I think that's what says, like, most Call of Duties don't have a very good story. They have a fine story at best or sometimes bad, like a bad mm-hmm. story. Um, This was a very good disjointed. story. I find them usually disjointed, which yes. this one was not. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because, again, it was navigated in, in a partly through the protagonists and through the hero's journey of it all. Mm-hmm. Like it was navigated in a way where you could follow it, you know, like there's basically two strands. There's the captain price and soap strand. And then there's the American military occupying. Like, I don't yeah. know if they were clear about what country it is, but uh, a, a middle Eastern country. And then you're, it's you're a American fake name, middle Eastern, country. which that, that is a safe move, yeah. but also maybe <laughs> that actually might be worse than if they'd named a country. I don't know. Right. Uh, they and then that that the American military piece of it, like they die, you know, and it and it's like uh pretty stirring, you know, um through through that cool. nuclear explosion, which is yes. very upsetting. So that's you know? the other thing is we've a lot of people talk about no Russian and we've talked about no Russian, right. of course. Right. But realizing replaying this, that this was the first time they 
played with that idea and remembering when I how shocked I really was when I played it originally and got nuked because Call of Duties tend to blend together for me in the modern era. Um, as I said, to the degree that we confused what game we were playing. But when I loaded this up and I saw that rotating SAS logo and the world map, I went, oh, this one. Like, I realized that this one actually is indelibly, like sniping Zakaev's arm off from a thousand yards away. Like, all the moments of this game immediately came back to me. I could tell you, you know, loading up the opening logo, I was like, I remember all the characters and plot in this whole one. That's not true of any other Call right. of Duty. That's right. I don't latch on to it as a story or absorb it to a degree that I remember, oh, this one. And as soon as I, I was like, oh, yeah, the fucking nuke level. Oh man, I forgot that's the that predates no Russian. Like that's the time they actually did that and it works so so well. And I think kind of works even better than no Russian. Honestly, like the idea that you're this if you're going to have them be super soldiers, which they kind of are. But you have no ammo, no weapons, there's no mission. You're like, what am I supposed to do? You wander around the level and you're like, "Oh, I just succumbed to radiation." Oh. Oh, I'm going (laughs) to die here. Oh, no, that's that. Well, Um, and if you look at it as a screenplay, that is the act one to two break, which is a perfect time to set the stakes of this is what we're fighting for. One of the main characters gets nuked. Um, It's it's not um, complex story writing, but it's correct story. You know what I mean? Like the people who wrote this story actually know their way around story structure, it seems to me. Yeah. Uh, I would say the midpoint, but it is a it is the key story boy, beat for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, our brains have been have been over the last like what forty years or whatever, fifty years. Like every time you see a nuclear explosion, it's always this dire thing, right? You see like tests or whatever. So when you're not prepared for it, it's it really is like whoa. Uh, and also like I I think it might be a good thing for. By the way, sorry, I'm just no, looking okay. at the the official developer released list yeah. of Call of Duty for Modern Warfare campaign missions. Aftermath, the level where you die of radiation burns, is literally the end of Act One. Is that they what they said? Act, yeah, well, they break the missions right. into Act One, Two, Three. Boom! Sorry, screenwriters you win, you love arguing about what the midpoint is. Wh- where? What mission number <laughs> is it? Uh, act one is very fat. Act one is like eight missions. Act two is like four. And then act three is like three. That's so why it feels right like, that it feels feels like, like the, the midpoint. midpoint. Okay. Yes. We're both okay. right. Makes sense. Yeah. That was like that, but it's in the middle of the game. Okay. Well, that's weird. Uh, it, which tells you they have a lot of like setting up to do. Right. Do. Like there's yeah, a lot yeah. of setup in this game. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, I, so can I, let me ask you like these questions that they're a little bit like Aristotelian, but I think they deserve to be talked about since, since the point of views that we share. Uh, do you think there's any moral goods to the idea of a military shooter? Like, is it a, is it a mili- is it a moral bad in your mind or is it a moral neutral in your mind? Huh? That's interesting. My, without, having the time to like meditate on it for hours, which I actually think it probably deserves. I would say my gut reaction on everything's case by case, but my gut reaction that seems to shape my like opinion or, or emotional reaction to something is, uh, I think that as a basis for a game, pointing your camera around and seeing if you can click on something that's wiggling around, which is ultimately the basis, the base interaction of what FPS is, is a totally viable, valuable carnival game or, you know, toy interaction 
to build. And then what? how have FPSs developed? Well, you complexify that loop. Add in grenades. Add in the fact that you have to duck and take cover and pop up. You have to know when to reload. But at its core, it's this pointing and clicking. Can I click on this thing that's trying to not be clicked on? Um, that can be anything that doesn't actually have to be realistically shooting a guy who bleeds out uh, in war context. Um, so and often I'm, is, by the way, often is anything. Often is that. Yeah. Um, so and and this carries over to other stuff, too. Right. Like I just watched uh, The Woman King, which was a great movie, but uh, it was interesting to me. And it dates back to Western everything. It's an American issue. Uh, American culture, I think, even more than like British culture. Uh, and I'm, I'm not the first to say this, but. We uh, we uh, uh, downplay the repercussions of gun violence, especially, but also just violence. We think it's very fun and it's OK that to depict it as fun to uh, for superior type people who are special to run around shooting people in the head, strangling people, killing them in unique ways. And it's interesting. I do believe in my heart of hearts and I'm always someone who's like violent video games. Fuck off. Um, I believe that most fully formed human beings who reach even young adult age understand the difference between fantasy and reality. So no, I don't think there's anything wrong inherently on its face with a story about killing someone. I don't think that makes you more or less likely so to kill someone. Right. That isn't, but, that isn't exactly what I'm asking you though. Cause I agree exactly. with that. I'm asking okay, you about now the military I'm part. on military. Yeah, yes. Thank you. But now when you narrow in on, okay, but it's about the American military or, um, the a allied military, military forces of the Western powers of the world, and it's coming out in the aughts. I do feel like we're at a level where I am sick of seeing, like, I want to see more de-escalation on the global scale instead of escalation. It breaks my heart to see whole generations of young people who can't find their niche in society or can't cook into a way to make money settling on, I guess I'll just sign up for the military and getting funneled into situations where they die or get traumatized or have PTSD for the rest of their lives. I think that sucks. I think humanity can and will do better someday. I don't know what the solution to war is, but I have hope that the amount of war that we need globally will diminish over the centuries. Um, and yeah, I think it's bad to make war seem fun. I do think that's like, okay. I don't like Top Gun for that reason. Um, right. I don't think it's bad in that. I don't think watching Top Gun will make me want to go fire a Sidewinder missile out of a MiG or whatever. What I think is that in the aggregate, there's a whole system of jingoistic storytelling, especially in America training impressionable young people to think that being in the military is sick and it will be like playing a fun video game. And I just feel bad for young people who are like, like, you know, I, again, I'm not the first to say this, but even military recruitment commercials now are like digitized effects come in and yeah. morph to be a video game soldier kicking ass. We and did it's a, like, that is not war. What war is like, we war did a mind shattering tragedy. Like, come on. We did a crack. Well, again, that's us projecting our beliefs onto it, but uh, we did a cracked video uh, about terrorist recruitment videos. And they were also right. uh, based around call. It'll of be Duty like a video game. Tropes. It's going to be dope. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. Now I, I, I don't share the, the, I'm going to use gentle words, I think. I hope. I don't share the the deep concern about it <laughs> because uh. I think I don't I'm not really a libertarian, but I, I'm suspicious of the degree to which it's damaging. 
I'm, oh, sus- but, okay. I'm suspicious of it. Just because you uh, mentioned the word libertarian, for the record, yeah. I don't think we should curb it or have laws that say you right. can't do that. I'm right. just allowed to be mildly offended. And on the scale yeah, okay. of offensive things for me, it's not high. I'm just saying, yeah, I think it's technically immoral. Um, okay, great. What Call of Duty does in the modern context, it's not like I, that's the, I'm not going to, and no, I don't think the government or laws should say you can't do that. <laughs> it hasn't reached right, right. that level. And I, yeah. so I, the reason I want to have this conversation, even though it's dominating our chat here is in part mm. because we agree about what this game is like that. We actually don't disagree about what it is, but also because I kind of wanted to stand in for how we're going to talk about Call of Duty going forward. Cause this is not the last Call of Duty game we're going to cover, you know, allow, assuming we get to continue doing the podcast forever. Um, I think I agree with like that. Some things are bad for you, right? Like I, like I think uh, call of duty might be bad for us. Like in the way that grand theft auto might be bad for us uh, or like candy bars might be bad for you. You know what right, I mean? To some degree, uh, but not, not crazy bad. Like it doesn't poison your mind am, or anything. Yes, I'm skeptical <laughs> about the way that people can like inflate the impact of those things. Like even something like top gun, uh, as a as a judgment writ large on the art, you know, because like this is primarily an art podcast, ultimately. Yeah. Now, see, so, yeah, you finished. Sorry. So, so that's why I'm. So I I wanted to have this conversation so that we can agree to that part and still venerate the art without feeling like we're sacrificing some oh. moral stance here. Yeah, like looking at the clock, I think yeah. we should move on. I, I, I want to say a bunch yeah. of stuff I think Good. is amazing about the technical achievements of Call of Duty. But on that note that yeah. you just said, which I do think is fascinating, um, I never I think that's such an interesting thing, because as a someone who wants to be and spends a lot of time in my spare time being a storyteller, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's my tribe. I revere the art of storytelling. I feel like I'm part of a sacred order that dates all the way back to cavemen, you know, gathered around the fire, trying to find a way to make an inexplicable universe makes full of stars and shit makes sense. Right. Stories are so on the one hand, art and stories seem to me to literally create our reality because they encode like what we think is normal, important, good, bad. They interpret we get that from I, stories. And yet at the same yeah. time, it's a, also a totally viable viewpoint that stories are nothing. No one story can like playing call of duty uh, in a void cannot make me go join the military. Right. right. And so I, I, in that's... their aggregate stories are everything, but no individual story bears all the responsibility for your actions. Of course. Yes. And, uh, I think it's important to resist. Uh, uh, it's also important to resist the quantification of it more than anything else. Like I'm okay. Adding all the ingredients How to the bad discussion. Is Call of duty. I it's like, I, well, yeah. right. Well, and people often do. You know what I mean? Like when people judge it, they often like, oh, it's just propaganda. No, no. Propaganda might be part of what it is, but it's not just that. Uh, It's also Ah, like a really well-told military story, you know, and people want a military story. It's also meeting a huge demand, you know, so like. uh, And I don't know that I'd want every movie to be every time anyone gets shot, we go, oh, now it has to be a really painful dying of sepsis scene. Yeah, exactly. Like I get it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we all agree on that. Now I'm going to move forward. So, so what's yes. So what's oh go you you go. I'm well, I was going to say. So uh, I know you're in a multiplayer guy, right? So I just wanted to like jump in with this piece because I feel like most people that love Call of Duty now 
love it for the multiplayer. They don't love it for the, the campaign. In the new era, the, that right, this started. So everyone's like, that this game that started. This started, but now yeah. it's even way more pronounced. Multiplayer is it now. Like Absolutely. that is the product. Yeah. They released the campaign as early access in the most recent Call of Duty. Which is and to it's say, almost as a thing to like get used to the yeah, new physics and right. then go do the real game, That's which right. is fighting other people. Exactly. Yeah. But that wouldn't be. And I, I love telling this little factoid because it just is telling about the world we live in. When I you know this, my house was robbed in 20 in 2015. <laughs> You've the, told this story on the show, I think I, it bears mentioning the <laughs> only does. games that were they stole all my game consoles and they stole some valuable jewelry and stuff. The only games they stole were Call of Duty. <laughs> Which is to say, it translates, friends. Call of Duty translates to all walks of life. Uh, and uh, I've had a grandparent refer to video games generally as, uh, oh, are you playing one of your Call of Duty? Are you playing one of your Calls yeah, of Duty? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Meaning any video game. They meant, are you playing video yep. games? Yeah, that's yeah, how it's, it's usurped everything. Yeah. And I really think it's because they figured out the formula here. They figured out the... They figured out the the way that we want to compete and like it's it's sick, like it's a sick thing. But there's a kind of capitalism to the way that it's structured, which is if you succeed, you get additional resources to further destroy other people, which is how we all want to be in competition. Right. We want to succeed and then have so much you extra power going. Yeah. Right. And killstreaks are that, you know what I mean? And like that really appeals to. At least certainly the Western sensibility, I want to say, of like, you know, maybe that's why I don't like people because, no, I really don't want. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't want to for the rich to get richer and the poor to get poor. I really want everyone to be equal. <laughs> that is really what I want. And multiplayer is not about it's that. the exact it opposite in the wrong way in every yeah. way. I, I will say as a person who's played every multiplayer of every Call of Duty since this game, um, the simplicity of it. Like it was, it was really distilled here. Like it was, mm -hmm. it, it is charming and I kind of miss it. And, uh, yeah. I think the innovation here completely changed video games as small as that is. It's a huge change. And it's still the reason why I can call up my friends when a new call of duty comes out and we're going to get a fun couple of weekends on it. Like Tom and Dave and I, we're going to play call of duty after this. Like he's been sending me texts. You know, mm -hmm. and like it, it, I think it all boils down to that sweet loop that they figured out and they basically don't fuck with it. They've added other characters no to, to text me or include me in that. Did you want to play okay, it? Good. Good to know. Bro, you I are just said so I welcome. just bought Modern Warfare 2 and I've been playing it. You're in, bro. Just like that. Um, look how quickly, no, I, you, look how inclusive I, this game is. <laughs> also, this was just a bit. But yeah, yeah I'd be yeah. down. Great. Um, Wonderful. But I, I also want to mention, yeah, so strip away. You know, I've said my pace, like yeah. whatever part yeah, of it yeah. is, is propaganda. Um, but and some part boom, is boom. Things I love that are, that I realized this time through are actually unique to COD okay. because subtly a lot of FPSs. I'm like, uh, I sometimes fall into the trap of thinking FPSs are all the same. You throw grenades, you look around, but that there are subtle differences that are subtle, but very important. Um, like the golden triangle in Halo, right? Or what, what a revelation that was. But anyway, for Call of Duty specifically, there's no real looting element um, or overly worrying about ammo. On occasion, if you get pinned down, you'll run out of ammo, but usually you have enough ammo. And there's also no real weapon collecting or hoarding, which is so common yes. in every other FPS. I have a wheel of 20 weapons. Right. This really realistically, I imagine this is how real soldiers are. 
you're outfitted with the tools that are appropriate to the type of job it's going to be. And you can pick up the weapons that are discarded by people you kill. But you usually have a gun that's serviceable to start with because you're a soldier who's prepared. I think that's very interesting and in how different it is from most FPSs, which are like, we invented 12 cool guns. You want all 12 because they're so cool. Um, it pushes you to take cover frequently and go slowly. It you encourages have to. you, you have to, to stop down, take a bite out of the level, right. move quickly to the next spot. And from my layman's understanding and games like full spectrum warrior, or what have you, that tends to be how real war is. you you take a spot, you wait until there seems to be safe, enough safety to move, you move forward one spot, you go again. Um, and the ones who make it to the end become heroes and live. Um, uh, I also love that the uh, it's silent. It, I, it's very Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, there is music during the cutscenes, and the music scrupulously cuts out when you're in the shit. When you're in the shit, it's all sound design, no music. It's very few FPSs rely on that, like have yeah. no score if you think about it. It's, they mostly have score. It doesn't want to be the bombastic action movie that it that the rest of the franchise became. Like right. it definitely wanted to be contained and somewhat realistic. I find particularly disturbing because of that the AC-130 mission in this game. Um, the AC is that the that, epilogue, the bonus mission? No, that's the, the one that's uh, you're in the plane and you're bombing people with the, like with oh, the. OK, so what I wanted to say, yeah, yeah about the death from above is that yeah, death from above. Um, I do think that's a unique that's very emblematic of taking a shift in a direction that I find disturbing. I think disturbing is yes. the right word because they've included this type of mission ever since. And to be clear, this is a mission where I was pleased that in four in this one. It actually does have loss conditions. There's your guys on the field. If you shoot them, you lose the mission. If you shoot the church, you lose the mission. Right. Which is great. It underscores that our soldiers are actually scrupulous. Like we are at war with these people, but you're not allowed to just level but their there's church. There's rules of engagement. I like that message. Yeah. yeah. Um. You will find as the franchise wears on, they've kept this mission and they've lost the loss conditions. Sometimes. So if, not always. So, yeah. But usually nowadays... It's just a power fantasy. Look how much better American tech is than other tech. Look how much we can just fucking shit on these people. It really and is. I that. don't like reveling in that. Yeah. That's weird to me. It really is that. In fact, like, and it starts here and it's really interesting how detached the people manning the plane are. Oh, like, the vocals it, are like, got him, another one down. Yeah, good, job. good kill. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you missed him. <laughs> like, and I think the conversational like the tone of it is right in this game because you're supposed to feel like, Oh my God. Like it, like it was the first right. time you did it. And it was very like, this is terrifying. Yeah. You know, like how detached it is, but it was so cool that other games have leaned into like, that's right. Bomb them down bird boy. You and know, like, that security camera look is so cool. It's yeah. awesome. It's awesome because it's like, my God, this exists, but it's terrifying. Mm. And I think this game understood that. And the subsequent ones are a little bit more like you like that shit. He load up, baby. You know, yeah. the most recent Call of Duty, by the way, pushed a little further back toward this game with like lots mm. of rules mm. and they made you wait for different stuff. And I think that was a good move. Um, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to mention that because that was to me emblematic of something that's true about this, the, about this mm -hmm. particular installment of Call of Duty. And that is they are showing you how detached a professional soldier is they are trying to show you that like price is detached that's a thing and 
that is extremely different than the World War II experience in yes. a way that is true, I reckon. Yes, like, uh, I agree. Yeah, as a member of SEAL Team 6, unlike World War II, where you're going across these vast fields of everyone around you is charging and who knows who, right? Lord of the Rings style, who's going to get killed, who's going to live. Um, modern warfare and a lot of the current installments are much more like, we're breaching this room. We're going through the floor. We're clearing the floor. We're yeah, going the upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And it's very it's like working with a team of professionals. It feels a, like that rounds. It yeah. feels very surgical and very, again, dehumanizing. Um, and I think the problem is that it was so awesome that the dehumanizing became cool, became catchy. And, and it, cool I don't think it was supposed to it. be cool. Yeah. I think this game understood that. Um, and then Call of Duty. No. Really? And now the current one, the the character on the cover is Ghost, who I have to say yeah, yeah. is the most detached sociopathic yes. character in the franchise. Absolutely. And he's been elevated to the face of the franchise. It's like, isn't it cool how he will just shoot someone in the head and not care? He's and like, like an, that's not cool to me. He's like an old school <laughs> warlord. Like he's yeah. a complete fucking maniac. And and like they don't seem to know that. Uh, I get why yeah. tweens think it's. I used to think shit like that was cool. I just grew out. He of looks it. like Sauron. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like oh, he's uh, a cold motherfucker, yeah. dude. Yeah, he's a he's a maniac, and I, I'm not. Again, I'm not here to like judge. Oh, them. and that type of character is interesting to me to exist. Yes. I just think the story should yes. dig into what it that why means. Why is he a maniac? And this doesn't. Yes. All this story says is it's cool that he's a maniac. Yeah. I'm like, I, All right. I want to cover the most recent one sometime soon if we can, because I I thought they really really miss the mark on like who these monsters they're making are like, I thought uh, we were playing monsters this time and I don't know that the yeah, franchise knew that. And we didn't investigate that fact. Not really. But I also got to drag this in. Yeah. Um, I do think this is a valid aspect of the series having gone downhill. Call of duty four. I, I click it and it opens and it says, do you want to play the campaign or multiplayer? And I click on what yeah. I want and it opens and, you do it. and it goes, yeah, yeah. In in contrast, I played these games switching back and forth between this one and the one that just dropped. So in contrast, I tried to play modern. I so I completed the third mission, and then I was like, now it's time to go to the reboot, the new, brand new one, and play that third mission. So I tried to, um, and I was excited because I was having so much fun in modern warfare, and I was like, this is going to be interesting to compare. I couldn't log on for a few cycles. Then it told me I couldn't play without updating, and I updated. It took eleven minutes. Then it said I couldn't yep. play the campaign That's without right. having the multiplayer pack installed, even though I don't play multiplayer. It said it doesn't matter. You have to install multiplayer. So I had to install the multiplayer pack, which was so large, I had to go delete other games. Then when that finally installed, I clicked go on campaign and it said waiting for server for four minutes. Then it loaded the level. And the level was boring and bad. And I was just like, <laughs> man, this whole. But but what I'm really getting at is it's also become technologically bloated and to dis, a degree. Yeah, that's right. That is talked about in the industry and that I think actually bears mentioning. Call of Duty like sucks to use now. It's this huge mess of it's bullshit. Yeah. And and it can take you 20 minutes to get the machine to a point where you're in and playing the game. Um, because you have to do a bunch of bullshit, sign forms, download packs. It updates every day, a couple times a day for a long time. Right. Um, Modern Warfare bears mentioning this game is, it really is distilled and lean and like a good diehard, mm -hmm. uh, you come to respect that when everything that comes after it doesn't understand the, the strength of not trying to do everything. Right. You know, like yeah. from a story point of view, they don't try to do everything. You know, from a from the multiplayer, they don't try to do everything. Like it's it's like measured, 
thoughtful, careful stuff. You know, and of course, that's the problem with success, right? Is that the sequel to this, Modern Warfare 2 from 20, 2009, is a story of Russia invading America. Was it fun and interesting? Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting Call of Duty. It's a fun campaign because it's really bombastic. That level's fun when you actually see the pl- Russians parachuting in. You're There's like, so ah, many Red cool Dawn. Things. I'm yeah. in Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and that's when you're like, oh, this is going to be like a true action movie. Whereas, yeah. again, this game was more committed to the premise of Call of Duty. And I think we've lost that. Like we've lost the, this, the, these military engagements count and these threats exist in the world. And this is what war is really like. I do think this game was trying to tell that story, you know, whether it achieved that is hard for me to say, I'm not in the military and I don't know, but, oh, but definitely true. more so than what came after. Yeah. It's trying. Yeah. yeah. And it, it did it, you know? Um, and it's still fun to play. By the way, that's another thing. It's just a 15 year old game. It's still extremely fun to play. Like it looks good still. It's still very fun to play. It's snappy. Um, it, it loads the up really quick. The dispersal of clouds of enemies is super well planned. Yeah. Enemies, are, which is a small thing, but so crucial in an FPS. Like right. when enemies are hiding behind doors and shit is well planned out. Um, whoever invented the fully contextual, I find it so impressive. The fully contextual chatter that your men will be like, guy on the left on the roof yes, and it's true yes. they're, they're accurate about sh- shouting shit out to you so cool yes right and uh yeah it's a really you really do feel like you're with a band of of soldiers like mm-hmm. and that no longer was true in the same way after this for basically all the games not including the black ops series which has its own vibe uh like that, the, it started to be like, now you're in war, but it's real war, which is, I yeah. guess, what Call of Duty was trying to do in the first place. But I feel like the the idea of modern warfare being these bands of people sort of combating various terrorist threats was an appealing way of distilling warfare. A for common that time. thing wisdom soldiers bring yeah. back is you're not actually fighting so that your country will win or ex leader will be deposed. In the moment, you're fighting so that your buddy next to you will live. Like you fight for your other soldiers. That's what you're fighting for, you know? Right. Which makes total sense. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess I feel that I feel that it's time perhaps to ship out into our final mission after we uh, take this quick debrief and uh, I'll, hear yeah, some I'll ads. take my pants off. <laughs> Thank there you. There go the briefs. <laughs> he really did that. Okay. Here's some commercials. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal and down home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. 
Inspired by guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And we're back with our final segment, one-upsmanship, Michael Adam, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I do think it's telling, uh, on the other side of the break, what we were talking about, I think it's telling that in this game, sort of like Star Trek Red Shirts, uh, the band of brothers you are with, yes, the, one, the ones who you play as, like your Price and your Soap McTavishes, um, you either can't shoot them, like when you point at them, your gun will muzzle itself, or... Because sometimes you can sweep the gun fast enough that it does hit them and there is friendly fire. But then the level will end and it yep. say, you can't kill Price. Will not be tolerated. Um, but I love, yes. I love that there are some privates. You can totally kill the privates <laughs> and the mission, mission just keeps rolling along. <laughs> just, which I think is expendable. telling because, right, that's the physical gamification of some of these people have plot armor and some people don't. Right. And I think that that's where you start to lose your way as far as telling a truthful war story. Because guess what? Nobody has plot armor in war. Well, it's, um, the, it's the contrast of, yeah. well, that's the problem is if you're going to tell a cinematic story, but also do a war story, you have to find a compromise. And, you know, right. it, it rubs the wrong way when you're when you're the one doing the shooting. You know, that is the rub. And it brings us to our final segment. Indeed. We pass a checkpoint yep. into keep or delete um, where we give our final thoughts and sort of explain why we landed where we landed um, on whether Call of Duty for Modern Warfare makes it onto the celestial hard drive. We will one day show aliens uh, as an overview of the gaming medium. Yeah, uh, you went first last I did. time. Should I go first? Yes. Although I feel like your vote is more in doubt than mine, probably. But go ahead. So is it more suspenseful if we... I think... It, let me go first. It? I think it is more suspenseful if you go second. Okay. Sure. So I feel pretty strongly we should keep this game. Uh, I think, it, number one, it is a great game. It's better than a lot of other shooters. Um, it's a better shooter than a lot of the games we've kept that are shooters. Uh, I think that if you're going to tell the story of video game history at all, this game is fucking so central to it. Uh, like the last 20 years really go right through Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I also just think it's still really fun to play and a technical achievement and has set up the the culture of multiplayer for better, for worse, and the culture of military shooters for better, for worse. We may think that's all bad, but uh, video games clearly don't and people buying video games clearly don't. To me, if there's any Call of Duty that's got to be saved, it's got to be this one. So I'm keeping it on the hard drive. What say you, Mike? Uh, I will mention the following things. Okay. This game, which I think is, this is incredible. Over the credits of this game, there's a fucking rap about the plot of the game, (laughs) which is so rare these days and so appreciated anytime anyone does it. Like Will Smith walking in the footsteps of Will Smith. Um, This rap includes lines like, SAS, hands up. Yo, Zakaev, hands up. 
he's the one handed widow maker. The man's up. Um, when I hear the call of duty is one of the lines. Oh, my favorite line is this is the fourth installment. Infinity bullshit. Don't forget to stay frosty because it's deep and it's hard, bitch. <laughs> so good. I can't believe that it's I, it deep and it's hard. It never triggered me that that happened. And I'm living I was never it ready. I was not ready for that. Wow. When the credits roll. Wow. There's a hardcore rap about call of duty wow um and then i also want to mention another the game kind of gets silly right at the end just a little which bit is funny just a little bit um, yeah. there's there's a bonus mission that starts with because the last line of the rap is deep and hard bitch and then the bonus mission starts with price saying all right we're going deep and we're going hard and then someone's saying surely you're not serious and he says i am and don't call me surely which is a famous line from airplane at which point the camera pans in and you realize you're in an airplane so i I just thought it was funny how at the end they're like and a couple jokes and here's this bit Um, that we liked yeah, yeah yeah um anyway yeah i'm gonna delete it really you're deleting Uh, it no way. There is a Call of Duty that I absolutely would put on the drive. I'm waiting for us to cover it, and then I'll make my argument then. Can you mention? And maybe you'll delete that one, and you, then Call of Duty will never be on the drive. You're deleting this game? I can't believe that. Uh, I mean, I, I okay, so if there is a Call of Duty, then I, I don't need to be outraged by it. Do you mind saying There's what it is? There's a Call of Duty I would let by, no questions asked, and... If you bring this one up on an episode where we're reconsidering things, it's a strong candidate for reconsideration. Okay. all right. Um, but I guess my base argument is that I know a Call of Duty that absolutely could just skate by, and I don't see why I should let two on. We shouldn't let two <laughs> but on. But maybe I'm being an asshole, and I should just let both on. No, 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 no. I agree with you. Call of Duty is has not proven as storytelling, as art form, that it deserves to have two, I don't think. Okay. Uh, I think well, I th- I th- I, I, I'm interested in talking yeah. about Black Ops, if that's a game that you're interested mm-hmm. in. Um, and I, I'm interested in the reboots of this franchise. And the sequel yeah. to this, uh, are, are any of those the one you're talking about? Do you want to just tell me what it is or do you not want to tell me? Uh, well, yeah, I, I feel like it should be obvious given the what I dislike about the franchise. But for me, Call of Duty 2 is the winner all the way. Um, and you probably can't resonate with ones that are that I played. No, I played but- two. I've played it. Okay. So you want a military shooter on here? Or sorry, you want a well, history as shooter I feel on here? I've been clear about. Yeah, you have. I think it's more it's more tasteful and palatable to me okay. to examine war through the history lens than through the action adventure then, lens. And the reason it's 2 and not 1 or 3 uh is I really think 2 for for me it nailed that's the one multi Call of Duty multiplayer that I got heavily into, so there's the okay. nostalgia factor. And uh I really think the main plot's strong. It advanced so much about Call of Duty 1 in terms of level design, blah, 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 and introduced a lot of the seminal elements that I think Modern Warfare is benefiting from. And that said, Modern Warfare also features a bunch of innovations. But as I said, they're innovations that, that I think like. ruined yeah. a franchise I used to love. So yeah, you did I'm not like that old into Call it. Of Duty. That's, that's interesting. One, two, and three are like perfect games to me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about Call of Duty 2 sometime. Can we also talk about Battlefield 1 sometime? I've never touched it. I'd love to. I think that we should talk about that. That was a big hit. And it fits your criteria more than mm-hmm. any other contemporary shooter does. Okay. So that's something to like, it's literally just like slices of world war one. That's all it is. Just like, here's oh, this uh, engagement. World war one. Oh, battle. F- oh yes. World war one. That's the other thing is I don't understand why call of duty doesn't go back to world war one. World war one. Battlefield so cool. one did go to world war one. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a really good game. So maybe that one's worth. Talking I want about. a civil war. I want. I want the stress of having to reload my musket and shit. I think I've that thought about cool. that. I. I it, the problem is that you spend a minute between shots if you're going to get it right. You know what I mean? If Which it's sucks. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. Sure. Uh, so I'll just say this on this game. Uh, I strongly disagree with us not having this game on the drive. Uh, I like I, I on a fundamental like representing what video games are like in that way. This game is very important for that. So when when and if I make an argument for reinvestigating it, that's the main thrust of it that I would make. Oh well, yeah, it's not a GTA Five, or like I'm not brazenly saying like fuck as you. Long I'm as not I'm doing alive, it. Right. This will never make <laughs> right. the drive. I could. Right. It okay. Could. All right. Well, uh, this is why there's two of us, and we both didn't turn mm-hmm. the key, and therefore I guess the nuke didn't launch. So maybe we have cause oh, good. to celebrate today. Uh, don't worry, all you cod boys. I got you covered. Uh, we're, we will try another engagement someday down the line on one upsmanship. We work complete. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.